All right, and this week on Over Here, we're here with Daniel Torres, a great tenor saxophonist uh, from Spain, um, whose debut release as a leader is coming out um, not this week, but next week on the 27th of March. Uh, first statement, Daniel, thanks for coming on, man. Hello, Alan. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. Yeah, how does it feel? You're 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 like right there, man. Like the end of the project. I mean, you you've like recording everything and all, and I know like you got, you got to push the album and everything, but it's it's so close to finally being released. How does it feel now? Yeah, I'm very excited about it. I want to show it to to people, and yeah, I'm definitely excited. It's been a exciting process to record it and all. Now, what was the uh, what was the idea behind this album? Like, was it, is it just like a compilation of, of originals and songs that you like, or was there one specific, yeah. you know, like some albums have like their themes to them or whatnot, or, or what was driving you behind this? Well, I wanted to record for a long time as a leader. And I, I had like maybe four songs that I already had written. Mm. And I wanted to do a whole album. And then I forced myself to write like... I think the album are like nine songs and a alternative take of one of the songs. So I forced myself to write a, a whole album and it was really exciting and I learned a lot. And the idea was just to have something as a leader and to put together a, to a really good band. Like I love the band of the, I recorded with. Man. So when you're, when you, when you were like, okay, you know what? Like the steps, you know, you, you said, I want to have an album as a leader, bam, mm -hmm. I'm going to record this, you know, and you're like, I want to make sure I'm writing my music for it, bam, yes. did it. What, what's something that maybe caught you by surprise that like, as you're now doing a record as a leader, cause it's, it, you know, it's very different than being like a side man, mm. side man, you show up, you play, you, yeah. you give each other a hug at the end, you know, great. <laughs> yeah. Being a leader, there's so much more involved in it. Like, how is that experience for you? Yeah, I think I learned a lot in all levels. Like there are so many aspects, like the like traveling, renting cars, uh, finding hotels, rooms. Uh, well, it's not only about the music. Like it was a bit stressful, of course, because you have to take care from everybody. One guy came from New York, another guy came from Indonesia. I have to pay all the flights. So I started planning like maybe one year in advance to really do it well. And still you have, you find surprises. Like, like when we show up to the studio, like they didn't have a drum set, like jazz drum set. It was like a rock drum set. So there were many mm -hmm. crazy problems, but we fixed them all. And then it was great. But yeah, if I do it a second time, uh, now I have more clear the steps I have to follow, I think. Yeah. So how was it, um, was it different for you? Because, you know, you're, you're from Spain. You've, you spent mm -hmm. the majority of your time studying in Europe, I think, and, and you live in Europe yeah. permanently. Yeah. Yeah. I how studied, was that experience? I studied in Holland for many years. Okay. I did my, I did my bachelor's in Groningen, which is a city in the north of Holland. And the school there is very nice. We have, besides the Dutch teachers, we have many American teachers like Don Braden, David Bergman, 
So we were already in touch with the American community during all our studies. And then I did my master, well, from Groningen, I went to New York for one semester. I studied at Purchase with Eric Alexander. And then I came back to Holland. Then I moved to Amsterdam, where I did my master. From Amsterdam, I could go to Toronto for one semester also. And yeah, but most of my time, I spent it in Holland. Before Holland, I, I started learning jazz in Barcelona, in Spain. But I'm from the south. I'm from Malaga. Um, no. Yeah. Go ahead. No, after this, I moved to Romania, where I lived for one year. And then yeah. I came back to, to my city, where I'm living right now. That's now, all. you know, outside of um, your time in New York, you know, mm-hmm. how do you feel that all of these other cultures and and music has influenced your your playing and writing you know because definitely like living in spain there's there's tons of music there and i'm sure in holland and and romania and and everything how have you consciously found that way working into your writing or is it something that you just think subconsciously has happened like how have you found that balance of your love for for mm-hmm. jazz and, and bebop and, and whatnot, but still incorporating like these, these cultures that you've grown up in and that you've experienced. Mm-hmm. I think it has been more subconsciously. Like, of course, there are influences of like one of my tunes on the CD. Somehow I hear a bit of folkloric Spanish uh, flavor, but it was mm-hmm. not like a, something conscious, but I think our influences are there. And of course, uh, Romania and in Holland, I, I've met musicians from all over the world. So, yeah, all this stuff is coming inside of you, even if you don't realize, I think. And, yeah, I mean, there are cases in Spain like Jorge Pardo or other musicians that really try to uh, mix flamenco with jazz. That, that was not my case. What I really like is jazz, like mainly straight ahead. Uh, but of course, I I know I have the influences of Spanish music. Uh, that's for sure. So for you, because you know this isn't tr- like you know I'm from the states. Like I, I grew mm-hmm. up here. My exposure to jazz was yes. You know, occasionally like my a grandparent would have like on a CD or something, and then you'd go to school and like there would be a jazz band in your middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. How did that happen for you? How did you get exposed? to jazz and, and find that this was something which like you were really passionate about. It's very different here in Spain. We don't have this high school jazz program. Hmm. Uh, actually, I, I love jazz for, since I was a child, but I never thought you could learn to play jazz. Like I just watched jazz festivals and recorded them in video, but it was like something you could not study here. You, you just have classical in the conservatories. But luckily, it has it has changed a lot. Now we have in many cities jazz programs, and there are amazing musicians in Spain, like in Barcelona or even in my city. Uh, so now it became more international. But here you start with jazz after uh, when you want to go to the how do you say conservatory, like the higher grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the last four years. But you don't have preparation before you prepare by playing with people, taking private lessons. And that's mainly how we do it here. But now, now in, in many cities, they have now jazz program and it's becoming more and more popular. 
Um, how does that experience relate then, you know, so not that you didn't have a jazz experience, you know, there's, there's obviously many levels, you know, so you're, you're learning in, in Europe and, and all this, and then you go and then spend a, a semester in, in New York, you know, mm. what's equated as like the Mecca of, yes. of jazz exactly. music for a lot of people. How was that experience for you to be able to go and check that out? It was amazing. Like. I already knew New York. I went for one week, like the year, previous year. And I was amazed. The first time I went there, not just by the music, but by the city, like it was something amazing. And of course, jazz is like, there is no other place in the world like New York for jazz music. So yeah, I, I decided I wanted to live there. So the next year I had the chance to go like, as an exchange student mm -hmm. and I stayed there for almost five months I think it was amazing like I learned a lot not only from the lessons but going to jam sessions concerts and but I also realized how hard it is to live there like uh, of course you need money everything is expensive but right. I think that's that sacrifice makes sense for the music uh, of course, there were things I was missing, like from my country. But as I said, uh, musically, jazz specifically, uh, there is no other place like New York, I think. And I'm looking you, forward to go back soon. Yeah, th that was the next question. You know, do you find yourself um, like feeling like you want to move back there, or is it, or is it more of a spot that like you want to visit? You know, I know. Yeah, a I, lot I, of I, my, yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking lately about moving there. I'm not very sure if I want to live there and as like living, really living there. But I want to plan to go every year, like two or three times if possible. I'm trying to, mm -hmm. to, to put together a few gigs, uh, presenting this music. I already got an amazing band and I'm trying to get a couple of venues interested on, on the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would like to go there every few months and play and hang out, maybe stay for one month. I think it can be done. I, I have friends that do that. And yeah, somehow like living in two different places. I mean, that's, that's part of the, uh, I, I think the benefit of what you, we do, you know, there, there's, uh, the ability to travel. <laughs> which yeah. Certainly. A great yeah, experience. Like from my city, you, you can take a direct flight to New York. It's six hour and a half. And very wow, that's cheap. Good. Yeah. It's, it's, huh. or maybe like seven. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was checking prices and like maybe 300 euros both ways. So it's perfectly doable now, nowadays. Yeah. I mean, smaller, smaller world than I think we all ever think, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think so. So, so for you with this record, you know, you you've you've talked about like your your background. You've talked about how it kind of came to you know you had some originals, but you're like, I want to make a record. So you set that deadline, and you're like, mm -hmm. I got to write now. You know, yeah. what was your method for writing? Are you like a big piano first and harmony, and then add on the melody? Yeah. Is it a melodic thing? Is it how, what's your mm -hmm. methods? Mm -hmm. I must say, I I don't write a lot, so for me it was. This was not something that I was used to. Like I've written mm. tunes because they somehow came to some idea, so I just wrote it. But I never sat down and let's write. 
This is the first time I did this, and I really enjoyed the process. And now I'm writing more. There were different. I don't. I cannot say I followed a method, but for one of the tunes, I just heard the bass lines first. I knew I wanted to have a tune like, I think, for instance, the first tune of the recording, the Wanderer, somehow was inspired by Naima, even though it's different. But this concept of having pedal notes and in the left hand different voicing that uh, so you get different modes so i have like different ideas i wanted to do a tune like that so then i wanted to do a tune similar to impressions like minor chords and, uh, so for every tune it was a bit different i think i didn't follow so who a would you, specific <laughs> who would you say are then like some of the people that uh you know, directly influenced you? Were there, I know you're talking about like some tunes that you loved and you were like, I, I realized yeah. I was starting to hear something similar to this, but were there uh, either composers or, I mean, I'm sure there's saxophone players and whatnot that have influenced your playing, but like compositionally, are there different people where you're like, I like the way, yes. you know, Brad Meldow approaches this stuff and, and yeah. how'd you break that down? Mm -hmm. I would say maybe also subconsciously one shorter, like, yeah. Mm. Uh, the atmosphere he creates with the songs, like uh, also Coltrane, like Naima, for instance. I love that song. It really makes me feel something. The uh, Perico Sambeat, which is one of the musicians from the CD, I love his composing style, and I've played many of his songs. So somehow, I think I got something from him. Um, Lenny Tristano. I would say there is one of the songs that also subconsciously has some relation to his music, like these lines, like a bit crazy lines. Um, mm. I mean, I think of the great masters, like mainly. So, you know, what, what do you think is like that next step for you? You know, you've been talking like after this kind of exposure to writing and being forced to do like you, you found like a love for and, you, and you're writing more and whatnot, you know, is there, is yes, there a clear uh -huh. direction that you see next or, or what's, what do you want to do next? Yeah. I really want to do something with this project. I'm going to try to do uh, like a European tour or maybe American tour in festivals, but this takes really a lot of time to put together. So I'm going to work mm. this year. Well, now is not the best moment to look for gigs because of the situation. Right, but right. As soon as this is over, I have a huge database of festivals. And me and with my manager, who is also my friend, we're going to try to put together a tour for next year with the original band, if it's possible. And I also would like to record a second CD. And maybe I would like to do it, do it in New York. I was thinking about it. So those are my two main projects. Right, right, right. Man, that's that's awesome. It's it's uh it's a nuts world we're living in right now, you know, but be able to have uh the ease of the internet and whatnot, you know, it's yeah. it's great that you're still able to get like all these awesome projects to to come mm. out and everything. Um mm. so great, yeah. looking back at, at this project, you know, now we've 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 talked about everything that was that was marvelous that, that you, that you loved and, um, mm -hmm. all the, all the good experiences, you know, what were those things that looking back, you, you might change for next time, you know, maybe it was something that you learned about the process of making a record that you wish you, 
you know, tweaked a little mm. bit differently or, or, or something that you wish you would maybe, um, yeah. like, like advice that you would pass on to a student or you would have given yourself beforehand? Yeah, maybe a little bit better of planification. Even though I thought I have planned everything well, there, there were things you can, imp you can improve, like make sure, <laughs> it sounds very basic, but make sure that in the studio they have everything you require. Um, what else? Yeah, maybe hire, hire someone for promotion because I did this all myself for the gigs. Mm -hmm. Besides the besides the recording, we also did a well. We did several concerts, but with the whole band, we did one concert two days before the recording. Actually, one of the one of the songs of that concert is included on the CD also. And I was very worried also about promo. Uh, it, it turned out good, good, but it took a lot of time and I was worried, you know, I could not focus completely on the music. So maybe to put a bit more of money on promo to hire someone to do this stuff. I think those are right. mainly the two things I would change. Man, that's, uh, that's a good point. You know, I think a lot of people, um, especially when they do their first record that that's like mm. a really big realization for them, you know, because it's, we, yeah, as musicians, we only think about the music, you know, you don't yeah. have necessarily think about the, the post uh, yeah. recording session thing, you know, and, and doing the rest of it and promoting it and everything. Mm. Um, yeah, I would take it like differently for next time. And um, yeah. now that I have all this information. So, you know, um, I know also that you teach some and yeah, you like how does it feel now to be kind of on the other end of things you know you're in a position where you can uh give back in, in spain yeah. and, and help teach these students that are that are trying to discover music that's not necessarily you know it's becoming more and more accessible every day of course but it's not like the most mm. accessible thing to them and, and whatnot and it's not you know like yeah. as highly regarded as as pop music or anything so how, how does that mm -hmm. feel from to be on the other side of it now I really enjoyed it. I thought, I, I didn't know if I like teaching. I, I have taught sometimes, but not regularly. And I really enjoyed when the student is interested. And, you know, I, I'm lucky that I have, I don't have many students, but most of them are very, they play very good and they are very into the music. So I feel grateful that I can share something. Because in the end, in the end, I think, to teach jazz is very difficult. It's like you nobody can teach you jazz. They can help you to guide you somehow. I can talk about my experience, what I like, how I think about the changes or whatever. So I feel grateful that I can share this information with them. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. And I think you hit the nail right on the head, you know. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where you can tell people how you approach something and how you your experiences mm. with something and whatnot, but it's not, and no one can explain, like teach you yeah. how to exactly because Im improvise, mm. you know? I think for classical music, like classical saxophone, it's a bit different. You, the teacher can tell you this note, piano, this note, and you have certain liberty, but not freedom, but not really too much, but you know what you, what you have to do at home. But here is different. Like, Every musician is different. That's the beauty of this music also. 
and you have to find your own way, I think. But a good teacher for me is the one that that helps you to find what you like, and then you can be your own teacher. Did you struggle with that while you were learning? You know, it's that the fact yeah. that there isn't a clear uh, uh, mm. method or, or anything like that. I still struggle. I think we all like, but now it's different. And when I yeah. was really starting, I w I saw this like an impossible world, like how to put this together. It's like a huge puzzle. But then once you start to find some directions, uh, yeah, and teachers also helped me. Actually, one of the best teachers I had, it was Eric, Eric Alexander. He's very methodic. Uh, at that point, that point of my life, he helped me a lot. And yeah, but I think mainly you have to find to put all these pieces together. But it just take, takes time for everybody. But if you are in, in constant, you say this word in English? Yeah. If yeah, you yeah. do it every day, you will, you will do it. Great. <laughs> Man, that's, that's awesome. So, okay, I got a curveball question for you now. Um, yeah, sure. And, and, you know, this might be a little bit more prominent with, with the lack of gigs with everything going on. Um, but what, mm. what do you do to escape music? Like when you, you're not playing tenor saxophone, like how do you get out of this world? What is your, what is your escape to, to take a step back and, you know, re yes. refocus yourself or, or just, uh, mm. try, you know, get out yeah, of your head yes. or whatever it is. Sure. I think just normal, normal stuff, like uh, hanging out with my friends, with my girlfriend. Uh, yeah, for me, hanging out with my friends is very important, like to refresh your mind. Um, I like reading also, movies. I mean, nothing very special. But even though yeah. jazz is always inside, like even you are not practicing, but somehow this voice inside of you is always uh, on, not like, you know what I mean? Like, even if you're not yeah. practicing, you are thinking maybe about something musical. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I know, I know exactly what you mm, mean, man. It's, it's like, uh, yeah. it's very hard to get, to get that to, to be quiet. You know, you could be doing random things and all of a sudden you come up with some melodic yeah, idea yeah. and then it, you're yeah. driven nuts again. It's funny. I think it happens to all of us, like, but well, that's how it is. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, it's the same thing. The same things that bug us are the same things that we love about it. You know. Yeah. Um. Well, look, yeah, Daniel, definitely... uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was gonna say we are definitely not normal people. So that's. <laughs> hey, I mean, if we just... were normal, the music <laughs> could get boring. You know, it it has to yeah. have that sense of uh originality. Yes, I think so. Um, well, look, Daniel, thanks so much for coming on, man. Uh, I know, you know, everything's kind of a little weird right now with, with all, mm. and, and hope everyone stays healthy that's, that's checking this out, but you can still access Spotify from home while you're doing your social distancing. You can access Amazon, uh, check out yeah. his website, iTunes, everything. You know, the album comes out, um, today is the 17th. Happy St. Patrick's yeah. Day if you're listening, but the album comes out a week from Friday, March 27th. Uh, and I'm sure we'll hear more from you, you know, and about shows coming up as, as everything's starting to get rescheduled. So make sure to follow him uh, on, on 
social media and the website and stay connected with that. Man, we look forward to it. I, I mean, I've heard a little bit of the record. I'm very excited for it to come out. I think it's going to be man. killing. It, it was, 